Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Trap Draw. Today's episode is once again brought to you by King Made Jerky. They're the official jerky and meat snack of the PGA Tour using only top quality ingredients. To learn more, purchase your own, check out kingmadejerky.com. Again, that's kingmadejerky.com. Thank them very much for their sponsorship. And now on to the show. Mr. Jeezy, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. What is up, people? Tron, what's going on? Randy, it's been a while since I've seen you, my man. I know. You, Just, uh, you're fresh off a spell up in northern Michigan, and then uh, I was out west, kind of making my way out there, Manifest Destiny. Missed you, dog. Yeah, I miss you too, man. It's just just the two of us. We're hoping to get a little loose, uh, chilling here on the couch in the in the kill house. I think first of all, do we need to address the the bumper, the uh, ad bumpers? So I, I think that's a great place to start. Um, that really took on a life of its own yesterday on Twitter, which I was totally unprepared for. I I had never thought about you know just people sitting there on a commute or something, minding their own business. And then all of a sudden, a loud explosion in the middle of the conversation without warning. Um, I mean, I can see where that could be a little jarring. And listen, I'll cop to, hey, you know, our audios, sometimes the audio is a little different. Sometimes that's a, it's that's a hallmark of our brand. Exactly. That's the whole, tra- the, that's the whole trap draw appeal. Um, but yeah, I was, I was laughing all afternoon reading some of the responses. Um, I, you know, I apologized to the gentleman that, that brought it up because I, I kind of aired him <laughs> out. Not. And then he was like, I'm not even talking about the intro. I'm talking about the ad bumpers, <laughs> which that's that's a mistake on my part. Listen, coming in hot's the TC way, though. I was all fired up yesterday after Ben Everill suggested Scott Hend should be on the International President's <laughs> Cup team solely because he's Australian, basically. Like, <laughs> just depraved stuff there. So, um, but... Uh, We've got some other big news. Kurt Schilling announced he's possibly running for Congress out in Arizona. It sounds like it's maybe all but all but a done deal. I mean, at this point, could there be a congressional investigation into whether he painted his sock or not? I'd like. I think. I think one day there should be. I don't think this country can ever find true peace until we know the truth of what happened, whether he Dutch boy to sock or not. He's in with big paint. You can only imagine, you know, the the super pack money coming from Valspar, Dutch Boy, Porter, Benjamin Moore, Benjamin Moore. I mean, Sherwin Williams. Yeah. I, um, yeah. No, it's you know, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. You watch though, if he if he gets elected. I mean, first of all, <laughs> what a world, right? Uh, he's gonna wanna. He's gonna to want to paint a lot of stuff. Like I feel like that's he's gonna be he's gonna be lobbying to like slap a fresh coat of paint on just about anything. I would think maybe giving subsidies to the tomato farmers <laughs> down here in Florida too. Some some people have said it was ketchup. Yeah. Uh, in, in other news, um, so we're gonna do kind of a corn fairy uh, regular season wrap up preview of the playoffs a little bit uh they're currently up in columbus which i know mixed feelings for both of us for sure um you used to live there um you know i've spent a lot of time there we're not ohio state fans we'll just get that out there not at all uh except for randy's a big nut fan (laughs) big nut and buckeye guy never seen him in the same place at the same time i can't believe what was it like seven eight years ago i think maybe longer than that we were like just out of college um when you told me in confidence and I'm kind of airing you out here, but like, you're like, one day I'd love to get that guy's autograph. And I remember when I first moved to Columbus, Slanderous. you called me up. You're like, Randy, see if you can get big nuts autograph for me. If, if you ever see him around. Guy's a stain on humanity. 
And then yeah, so we got we're at we're at uh, the Corn Ferry Tours at the Scarlet Course this week uh, up at Ohio State. Um, kind of a you know, you've played it. I played it a long time ago. It's, you it's, played it. What do you think? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a really nice course. It's an Alistair McKenzie um, redone by Jack Nicholas. A remix. Yeah. So, listen, I, this isn't. I'm not an architecture guy, and this isn't an architecture podcast. But Jack just it, it it plays more like a Jack course now than a McKenzie. It's it's great condition though. Usually, I mean, it's a really fun course to 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 play um fun course to walk too but i think to think of it as like a mckenzie right like oh man it's a mckenzie it's it's not quite accurate anymore so and that's kind of a case a couple places in columbus too Sciota too right there so that's a little the scuttle that i heard when i lived up there is you know jack just gets his hands on stuff as a designer and it's and it's his way and I don't know. I, I think what I heard, and this is certainly not official or anything, but I, I think Sciota might try to, sometime down the road, almost revert the course back to more of its Donald Ross um, in, intent. Because there's a, there's a, Jack put something in the contracts, right? Where you can't touch his course I'm for not. a five or 10 year period after he's, after, so, so he, he constantly goes back and touches stuff up to, to reset that clock really too which is wild yeah i just read a story and i can link to it on twitter if if i remember but like when he went to Sciota, the first thing he he was out and asking members like what's your favorite you know what's your favorite hole what's your favorite thing out here and a lot of them said i think like the green at number eight and he was like oh that's the worst one i'm changing it here's why and it's just like he i the gist of the article is like <laughs> he just was gonna do it his way and you know what everybody else thought kind of be damned which from what little i know seems to be um a rather prominent part of his design work but again this is we're, we're kind of getting sidetracked yeah. here yeah well okay so let's dive into the corn fairy stuff you were up in portland it was. It was the final event of the Corn Ferry regular season, so there were 25 tour cards to hand out, obviously. Um, it was your first time in Portland, is that correct? It was, yeah. Winco Foods Portland Open, presented by Kraft Heinz. Okay, well then, take me, what What'd you think? Take me, uh, set the scene for us. Uh, so it's at Pumpkin Ridge, great course. Got out there th- late Thursday night. First of all, great airport. Okay. Loved it. Um Went through, you know, flew out, stopped in Nebraska for a couple of days on my way out, had a meeting in Denver, and then flew out to Portland late Thursday night. Um, the awning over the pickup area at the airport, first class, really cool. <laughs> we like that. Uh, stayed downtown. Um, Friday morning, went to, there were some food trucks across the street, went to those. I, I put out a, a, a request for recommendations. Okay. Uh, an RFR, if, if you will. And was inundated. Received over seventy five responses. Huh. Most times when you when you do that, you get you know a bunch of people recommending the same stuff. Very little of that. Everybody was saying different stuff. It was overwhelming. How yeah? How'd you how'd you rank order them? I I would you know basically it was just based on geography. I had to you know I had to kind of ignore a lot of them. But um, there was a biscuit place I went to that everybody kept recommending. It was very good. <laughs> Went to three or four coffee places. Um, shout out Matthew Galloway. He he set me up at some good good coffee places. Uh, a chef reached out uh, from Ned Ludd, the owner of Ned Ludd. Ate there with Zach and, and his dad one night. Um, and then, yeah, and then played some golf out there when I wasn't going to the tournament. So Friday, went out to the tournament. Um, Pumpkin Ridge, cool place. Awesome course, 36-hole complex. One of the courses, the Witch Hollow course, is private. Um, there's another course out there, public course. Pool and a pond. Uh, pond would be better for it's you. It's where Cat won the the amateur. 96, oh, yeah. Beat Steve Scott. Oh, yeah. Um, and kind of skipping ahead, kind of a funny thing. He he was uh, that same spot that, that Vince India was in on 18. Cat got up and down there to, like, basically extend the match. Um Huh. So kind of a wild, you know, so there's, there's, there's cat stuff everywhere all over the property. Tiger droppings, if you will. If you will. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I, I get out there on Friday, right around lunchtime, walk in. First thing I see is Chris Baker missing what he what he thought was missing the cut by one. The cut was going to be three, and then it, it eventually moved to four. But he was trying to he was trying to birdie his 18th hole of the day, number nine. I get out there, and it was like just, the place was just rife with tension. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Did it like immediately when you walked on the grounds? Did it feel different than other tournaments you've gone to? Yeah, there was just a palpable sense of tension like went out on the putting green less jovial less banter uh, except for the guys who'd already had it locked up like, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, they're there yeah they're they're free and easy they're like, they're slapping like, everybody uh, the harry back. higgs walks up he's like what's up tc <laughs> like he his family was in town for the week um you know he was like dude i i wish i could say i was prepared for this event like i'm just here to i'm just here to collect my card <laughs> it's almost like a year-end party for those guys a little bit, yeah but i mean some of them like um Christopher Ventura, he he kind of had his game face on. There were some guys who were like, "Hey, I want to, you know, I'm here to win." But there were definitely some others who kind of, you know, were looking for a little reset before the finals start because you can make some good money in the finals. And then with the way the fall schedule works this year too, there's it seems like there's more fall events. It's just more, you know, like the guys that have their cards locked up, they gotta they gotta be ready to roll straight for the fall. Um, so yeah, so walked in and then next I think next group was. Brian Ritchie, one of our young hitters, um, he was battling to make the cut as well. He, uh, I saw him. There was a rain delay. There was like a two-hour weather delay right before I got there. So Ritchie is in the fairway bunker, and I see him out on the putting green as he's getting ready to go back out. And I'm like, "What's up, man? What, what's your what's your status? Where you at?" He's like, "I'm in the fairway bunker up near the lip. I basically have to like gouge it out and then try to hole out from the fairway to make the cut. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> to to make the playoffs. As, to I make mean, the cut, and then he would have had to finish a chance like, to like, make the playoffs. He, I guess I think he would have had to finish thirtieth or better. Well, so let's. I I trust most everybody listening um, is at least somewhat familiar with the whole corn fairy. Um, playoff structure and and tour card structure but in case anybody's like what like what is going on essentially there there are 50 pga tour cards that are given out each year uh, from the corn Ferry tour 25 are given out at the end of the regular season and so it's a it's a season-long points race there's two buckets there's there's, a, there's two buckets there's the kfc 25 piece regular season bucket and then, which is the season-long points, and they move from money to points this year. Which, which we'll we'll get into that because that that had an effect on some guys. And then there's a 25 man, yeah, you know, the 125 through 200 on the PGA or 126 through 200 on the PGA Tour come down, and then the top 75 from the regular season go on, and then the top 25 already have their cards, but they're basically just jockeying for better standing. Um, you know, out there as far as the priority ranking for the first, I don't know, eight to 10 events. And then there's these other, there's some other games within the game too, where you got the guys, you know, 76 through like top. So top 75, those guys are battling to get in yet. You, you got the battle for top 25 regular season, obviously. And then 76 through 85 gets through to final stage of Q school, which is important now because Q school Q School no longer feeds to the PJ Tour. It's essentially a feeder into the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah, so that was like that was a big thing on Sunday where I think like Vince ended up getting, you know, I think 85th, and that got him that that let him skip second stage and get straight to final stage, which is nuts. Um, and then I think there's some other like 96 through, or I think 86 through 95 gets. Uh, gets gets to second stage gets to skip first stage so there's there's all sorts of little carrots here and there too um yeah so, so there's all these games within the game there's guys trying you know so that that was why i went to the tournament friday and sunday so i figured okay. those are kind of the days where guys are grinding to make the cut because you can't you can't worry about any of this stuff if you don't make the cut yeah. obviously um and then from there you know sunday's obviously it's like sunday was just it was it was I actually sat in the clubhouse and watched a lot of it and then just went out to the course every couple hours and kind of checked in. But Golf Channel does such a good job of figuring out, 
you know, like there's no way to track it when you're out on the course. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, you almost have to watch it on TV to, to fully track every different story and scenario, and um, yeah. that, so, that makes sense. Big takeaways for me were, first of all, the guy that runs the tournament. Yeah, tell me about this guy. He's he's like the grocery store like savant, ambassador. He runs. The, <laughs> he also runs the Albertsons Boise Open. Okay. Albertsons a grocery store. Yeah. And the Safeway on the PGA Tour, also, also a grocery store. Huh. So, um, but yeah, they've the, like the, the whole scene was dialed. They've got this big, they call it the Grove, um, over next to nine and, um, I think 12 or 13, bunch of beer and local vendors over there, ton of local support. Like it was like everything that you want. I feel like it was, it's almost like a throwback to old school PGA tour events Yeah. when it was a tour, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but first class event, first class course, um, Got out there, watched a little bit of Zach was paired up with uh, Christopher Ventura and Robbie Shelton, both of whom have won this year, both of whom, you know, Shelton was trying, I think Shelton was, or actually both of them were trying to go for battlefield promotions, which would have basically gotten them. Three wins in a season on the Corn Ferry, yeah. you automatically earn your PGA Tour card. Which, you know, some people say that wouldn't matter because you're, because they already have their tour card locked up, but it would, but it would get them into a different category and get them, mm-hmm. I think, into players this year or in in 2022. But you um, were quite impressed with Ventura, though. Dude, he's a beast. Yeah. He's out of the Oklahoma State. I yeah. mean, it seems like there could be a yado of Oklahoma State guys. Norwegian Oklahoma State. Guys. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. They <laughs> like got a pipeline. The Norwegian Olympic team. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy good. Um, yeah. So he he's I think he's won twice this year. Um, he was making everything inside 15 feet. He, he flew his whole family in from Norway for this oh, one. Nice. Um, but yeah, just incredibly impressed by him. Um, I know Scott Harrington was another, um, awesome story coming out of Portland. Yeah. The level of support that he had out there. Cause he was um, a local guy, right? Yeah. He was a local guy. His, actually his brother is wearing a no land up visor. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. He had local guy, ton of local support. Um, I think he's like, his dad was out there. His dad's a, a pro in Oregon as well. Um, he's, he's been playing out there eight, 17 or 18 years, never gotten his tour card. That's incredible. So he, you know, that was a cool scene on, on 18, him kind of wrapping it up. He played rock solid. I think, I thought he was for sure going to win through about nine or 10 holes and then stumbled a little bit. Um, and then, uh, Bo Hogue won. So um, Bo Hogue, I had no idea. He... Grew up in Upper Arlington. Speaking of Columbus, there you go. Speaking of the Scarlet Course. Speaking of the Golden Bear. Speaking of Scioto. Yeah, how how fun? How fun for me when I realized that. East um, coach basketball there. <laughs> yeah, I obviously I wasn't there when he was at Upper Arlington, but you know, hey, I think I, I'd like to think that we're both Bears, right, in our yeah. own way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Shelton's super impressive as well. Just he had a standout season. Um, well, let's uh, because I, I want to kind of highlight some guys that are in that KFC, you know, earn their card bucket. The bucket. The bucket. Um, but I think the last real storyline from Portland is Vince India. Yeah. Who I can't say that name. That sounds like a fake movie star name to me for some reason. Yeah. Vince India. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was. Man, it was wild. So. Um, Hogue and Harrington played 18 well. 18 is this cool par five, really, really cool finishing hole. Severe drop off down the left, up by the green. Pin was very front. Um, you know, if you haven't seen the highlights, go and go and look them up on Twitter or pjtour.com or whatever. There's like just this pin was sitting on this little knob. You know, most guys were hitting it there in two. And, and to set the stage, India essentially is standing on the 18th tee, and he needs par to earn his PGA Tour card, or to, or to make the playoffs. I think par to make the playoffs. He needed okay. to win. Like that was that was the other thing. All throughout the entire Saturday Sunday, everybody was saying, you know, like there was these two guys. Like Vince was Vince was kind of the fly in the ointment for a lot of other guys. He was pushing guys down. Like like Baker came into the week 24th. Yeah. In points, he got pushed out because because of guys moving up. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the more guys that move up that are like Vince wasn't even inside the top 
100 or 110 yeah. going into the week. So, you know, for him to do what he did and even be sniffing the top 25, because I think the only way he could have gotten in the top 25 was with a win. Okay. Um, but but for him to even get into the top 25 would, would have been insane. And then for him to even get in the playoffs would have been crazy. Because again, that gives him full status for next year on, on the, the Corn Ferry if you make the yeah, or Corn Ferry yeah. the, the playoffs. Exactly. So he ends up he he puts it in the uh, like greenside and two. He was trying to just dribble one up onto the green. It ends up coming out way hotter than he thought. Um, he wasn't even trying to go at the pin, and then it rolls down this big slope. And the ball, and then he chips. The ball comes back to his feet, and this is with a couple thousand people yeah. lining up around. You know, it was like I mean, the scene was akin to like a PGA Tour setup on eighteen, like very, very, like ton of grandstands, yeah, all the way around the hole. Um, yeah, and I'd argue more inherent pressure than a lot of. I mean, I mean, that's one of the most pressure-packed situations. I think a golfer can face. It was it was one of the tough like seeing him you know like seeing him seeing the ball roll back to his feet basically and yeah. then having to hit again and then it goes through and then like he ends up making a I think he ended up making a 7 like a 6 or a 7 on, on you know on the hole knocks him down. It was just that was one of the toughest things I've ever seen in golf. Mm-hmm. Where it's one thing like I think even for some of these guys that are that are winning ma- that are losing majors barely or losing big PGA Tour events barely, they're still they're still walking away with a you know high six figure check right. and status somewhere and all that. These guys are playing for their livelihoods, mm-hmm. and a lot of them you know a lot of them been out there five, ten, fifteen years and haven't you know are barely cra- you know they're they're barely covering their expenses, much less anything to eat or anything you know. So it's it's a fascinating just how quickly it can go from like you could either be on the PGA tour next year or have nowhere to play. Yeah. That, that range <laughs> of possibilities was kind of tough to fathom mm-hmm. standing there. Um, and then you add in the juxtaposition of you have these guys who are so happy because they have achieved this lifelong goal of getting their tour card and you just have the opposite end of the spectrum. Guys just absolutely devastated that mm-hmm. the the dream has slipped from their from their grasp. It's yeah, it's insane. Yeah, like I was, like on the flight home on Sunday, like I stayed around for the club, for the card ceremony and then went out to dinner with some guys. And and on the flight home, flew through Chicago and um, Vince was one seat ahead of me. And I was like, dude, like, I feel like I'm more, t- like I look like I'm more torn up about this than you are. And he was like, dude, I like I, like if you would have told me, I would have been in content. Like it was a top five. I finished fifth. Right. Like if you would have told me in the beginning of the week, hey, you're gonna finish fifth. He's like, with how I've played this year, that's a that's a big win for me. Yeah. You know, and it got him through. Like he gets to skip a couple stages of Q school now. Um, David Lingmurth was right behind me. Like he was coming down off the. He'd played some PGA Tour events. He'd been on. Um, some sort of medical, but now he's outside of the top 75 on the corn ferry and outside the top 200. So he doesn't get to play the finals. Um, but then like, like Ryan Brem was a few more rows back and he, like he's inside the top 25. So he's going to the PGA tour next year. So it's, it's or really this year. So it's, you know, it's just, that's the other thing too. Like these guys aren't waiting for, uh, you know, four months to, to make their first PGA tour start. It's like, they're, they're going to the, to the Greenbrier in mid September for it, you know? Yeah. The turnaround is always, I I know like even with the FedEx stuff, it it feels like the season's really ending, but there's really no off season. Like the, the reach around schedule starts so quickly. Yeah. And then, well, and then especially for these guys, like they got to get off to a good start because otherwise they're getting reshuffled down Mm -hmm. and they're not, and they're not getting into any you know, really any of the West Coast events, save for Tory or, you know, Desert Classic. So it's just a, you know, it, it's it's kind of, you know, people have been like, oh, Tron, you're a hipster for like <laughs> Corn Ferry. Like, no, it's like, it's just, it like to me, concurrently with this was the tournament at Liberty National, the Bark, or the uh, Northern Trust. Mm-hmm. And, you know, great field and all that. I didn't watch a single minute of it, but like, I don't, 
like if if John Rahm wins another two million dollars and advances in the FedEx Cup, like I don't really care. Like it doesn't like good for him or good for Patrick Reed who won or all like. But I don't really like. There's there's no that doesn't matter to me. Right, and we unpack. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people listen to the main pod that we're in complete agreement. I and I think it, it's just a matter of like what's captivating and. Yeah. The, this time of year, the corn fairy um, stakes are much more captivating than it's underdog stories. It's veterans grinding. It's you got guys out there like Braden Thornberry, not in the finals. He, you know, he, the next sure thing a couple mm-hmm. years ago, left school early, all that, and he's you know he's basically going back to Q school this year. Well, let's get into. I think that's a good kind of jumping in point. Let's uh, let's highlight a few of the the more exciting names of the guys who have earned their uh, PGA Tour card already, the the 25. It was led by Xin Jun Zhang. Uh, he won. Which, you know, he played his ass off this year. He won pretty resoundingly. Yeah. So he's got, so by finishing, by virtue of finishing first in the regular season, you get into, you're fully, I think you're fully exempt for the year and you get into players, which is big. Mm-hmm. He's played the tour before. He's, I think he's in his early 30s. He's got a little bit of a checkered past um, with some suspensions in the past. I was going to say, I know there are whispers. Yeah, and it, you know, and it's it's one of those things. It's like he was he was suspended from the I think the PGA Tour China for modifying his scorecard after rounds, which seems pretty cut and dry to me. There's <laughs> articles out there you can find him, um, but yeah, that was on the record suspension. Um, so yeah, that one's kind of a little, little tricky to, to, you know, kind of stomach, I guess. Um, Scotty Scheffler, great season. Smoking Scotty. Smoking Scotty. Um, just, he's, you know, he's low key. He's kind of a unit. Um, you know, I think the knock on him coming out of college was like, you know, a lot of, a lot of agents I've talked to were like, Hey, his back's going to explode. <laughs> well, it certainly hasn't exploded yet. And, uh, and he's, he truly seems to just not really. Let too much bother him. I was gonna say there's a there's a palpable kind of apathy about him from, from what I've seen yeah. that, that really so, yeah I'm really taken a, attracts my him. interest. Yeah, uh, Robbie Shelton, Chris Ventura, um, those guys stoked to see Harry Higgs get his card. So um, we got to meet Harry, or I got to meet Harry for the first time in um, down in in Dallas, Fort Worth. Uh, he played at SMU. Played at SMU. And he's from out Kansas of that. City. Yeah, he's out of the. Um, the McCormick Lundberg Altus performance. Stable. Yes, exactly. We um, we met him there. DJ and I played with him at, at Savannah, as well, and uh, yeah, just a gr- pretty gregarious, uh, mm-hmm. fun-loving guy. Big personality. Yeah. yeah, he was. I guess we had dinner with him too in Greenville at the BMW Charity Pro Am one night. Actually, he's he's all proud of himself. He's he's been on the, he's been very vocal in the player meetings about. Uh, this year coming up, I guess the top five guys from the the other tours, the Latino America McKenzie Tour, get their cards to the web. They get full status on web tour this year. Nice. Versus, uh, I think so. He was that was kind of his crusade. Yeah. Um, you got homeless hubs, Mark Hubbard, um, which he's he 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 plays a special uh, place in my heart. I don't know if I should reveal why, but I think you should. Okay. Uh, the the snapped club that serves as the handle for my makeshift microphone in Wild World of Golf, that is actually a homeless hub's iron that he snapped uh, two years ago in Greenville that we picked out of the woods after he threw it in there. <laughs> yeah, what a world. He was just throwing it in there so it could be with its He like broke family. his iron, yeah, and chucked, you know, chucked the handle part into the woods and fished it out of there, and now you know we're making good use of it. Um, Henrik Norlander back on the tour. Yeah. Um, ZB, uh, hung with ZB a little bit this week. You know, I don't, don't want to make this, we've had ZB on. I don't want to make this a ZB. We got the, the, uh, wild world golf going tonight, which by the time this is posted, it'll probably be the previous night, but, um, hung out with ZB's dad a lot this week, which. What's, what does what he a, go by? What what's, a what's his name? Jim Bob. Jim Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so Jim Bob is one, I think he's one. 11 or 12 different state opens Utah around no around the entire west coast he said the California open some guy one of his good buddies chipped in right ahead of him didn't you know like basically a shit lie got up and down out of nowhere chipped in 
to beat him in the California Open. That was kind of the one that got away from him. <laughs> um, but I've heard stories that at some points he would opt against playing web nationwide buy.com hogan tour nike tour whatever it was called at the time he opted against playing because he could make more money playing state opens and <laughs> they were shorter courses like very short player and uh so he's very you know he's got all sorts of takes on on the ball and all, oh, all sorts of that stuff. i can only imagine but he might be a good trap draw guess yeah at some point. yeah he's very you know very averse to kitten these out in the <laughs> yeah. in the wild but he uh yeah, just a character. He drove up from, uh, drove up from San Francisco where Zach had won, and and then he was driving back to Utah, just rolling around in a luxury automobile around the American <laughs> nice. West. Nice. Listens to the Yankees games on these Bose noise canceling headphones. Just walks around, walks about half a hole ahead of Zach. Almost got hit by a ball <laughs> one day. Um, you know, very vocal after the round, like, "Yo, Zach." what the fuck was that man <laughs> just, so uh yeah that, he was just a fascinating guy to play with um other guys. well so one guy that you know I, I think friend of the program is mav mcneely mav yeah he, Talked, actually met mav's mother uh didn't get to meet his dad he was um he was taking pictures with mav but talked to uh mav's mom and um scout his youngest brother oh yeah who will be a freshman at baylor baylor that's right um and so talked to them for a while, talked to Mav. He said, he said, it's been a, he was like, I'd be lying if, if I said this season wasn't a grind. Yeah. Like it seemed like he, he played well early in the season in Sarasota and then kind of hung on for dear life the last two to three months. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think he's, he's excited to get out there. Vince Cavallo, uh, Jacksonville guy. I was going to say, we played the Thursday game with him. Going to the tour for the first time. That's cool. Um, You've got Tyler McCumber, another Jacksonville Beach guy. Former trap draw. Former trap draw guest. guest. Yeah. Uh, shaved a mohawk after his final round on, nice. uh, on Sunday. Tim Wilkinson, I didn't know he was a Jacksonville guy, but he lives in lives in Ponte Vedra, yeah, I guess. how about that? He's the little lefty, right? Yeah. I guess like everybody out there was like, yeah, this guy's got the best short game you've ever seen. I always, I always, I always confuse um, – I always think of like Tim Wilkinson and Greg Chalmers. Me too. It's like the same – Yeah. It's the same person. So I apologize to both those guys. For, um, for notables who missed Chris Baker, Jacksonville guy as well. Yeah. Um, Baker's got just some of the best ball striking chops I've ever seen. Um, putter lets him down sometimes. Uh, Marty Doe, the Doughboy. The Doughboy. Uh, Doughboy travels around in his in his minivan uh, all around the tour. He is, he finished twenty uh, eighth. So tough scene there. Um, Kevin Doherty, the guy that was on the bubble last year, who finished, you know, kind of, I think he kind of made a mess on 18 to finish. Yeah. Uh, finished just like I think one outside the number. He f- he finished 33rd on the season. Um, we'll give you an update on our young hitters too. I was gonna say I think um, yeah. Why don't you set the stage with the with the hitters? So Saxon, great week in Portland. Seems like he's playing well. Seems close. He, he hit a couple. I think he played better than what is he finished uh 40th overall uh he's gonna try to send it here in the three finals events and then if not he'll go play some euro tour events here down the stretch because he's also got his euro tour card uh, but i would say a successful season by all measures for him made made over 100 grand and seems like he's he knows what he needs to work on great finish mm-hmm. almost won in utah um justin lauer emceed in portland um Finished 44th in the standings. I think, you know, he's got to be happy with having another year of full status and should have some good vibes going back to Columbus. Yeah. Um, he's, he's had some history on the Scarlet course up there. Um, seems to be playing pretty well. So so to interject real yeah. quick, Saxon and Lauer obviously are in the, the Corn Ferry playoffs. Correct. Um, and then the other three hitters. So Huber's on a medical. Make, yeah, so Huber is obviously he's been out so for he gets most another, of the year. 15 or 16 starts okay um and then richie i talked to him yesterday he's up in charlotte playing a swing thought tour event this week um mc'd in portland putter cooled off down the stretch finished 84th uh and then brandon matthews finished 184th while simultaneously leading the tour in driving distance so he's okay. uh he needs to get it dialed in um but yeah overall i would say a successful successful year for the for our hitters 
for sure. And I think I'm God the the Ohio vibes for for Justin this week. I just feel like I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm rooting for him so much, learning his story and everything. But kind of a bummer. There's not the Cleveland event. I know. God, I just I I feel like karma. I I just want to hope something special here happens in the next three weeks and he can grab uh, one of those 25 playoff cards. Yeah, so. that would be that would be as good as it gets. Tron, question for you. Where does gripping and ripping belong? On the golf course. What about when Wait, you're Wait, am eating- I am I promoting bomb and gouge here? I think so. Oh. What about when you're eating a bag of jerky? Definitely not when you're eating a bag of jerky. <laughs> That's not good. Well, luckily, King Made Jerky, uh, you don't have to grip and rip because it's the official jerky and meat snack of the PGA Tour, and it only uses top-quality ingredients. Premium grass-fed flank steak, uh, which requires far less salt and sugar, which I know you you knew that, TC, uh, to deliver a nutritious, tender, flavorful snack. Um, it's a great, great snack for diehard golf lifestyle enthusiasts. Um, it's also a great snack for my dog. He got it in my backpack. I, I've been traveling around with a bag, like a couple bags of it at all times. And I came back from the trip and uh, he ate two bags in one sitting. So evidently <laughs> he lost it too. I was yeah. devastated. Yeah. Um, well, it's a great snack out on the course, obviously. Um, good replacement for some of the unhealthy snacks that, that you'll find. King Made started by uh, Jeff King, professional caddy in his kitchen. It's been refined uh, thanks to some of the world's top golfers and fans. And um, it's, you know, as you said, it's it's perfect beyond the, the links as well. If you're at the gym, at the boardroom, traveling, on a plane. You know Sally and I spend a lot of time in the boardroom. Exactly. Um, C-suite. But at, at the end of the day, Tron, it's, uh, it's premium beef for a better class of carnivore. And I know that's something you strive for. Caddy. Caddy made player approved. Yeah. So if uh, if you want some King Made jerky, I would highly recommend their buffalo flavor. That happens to be my personal favorite. You can find it at kingmadejerky.com. Again, that's kingmadejerky.com. And uh, we thank them for their sponsorship. So the, the schedule, I know we've talked about the playoffs. So it's this week in Columbus. They're playing at the Scarlet Course. Then they go back out to Boise. Um for the second week of playoffs. And then the, the Corn Ferry Tour Championship, if you will, is now in Evansville, Indiana at Vic National. It's which, a tough scene for us here in Which in obviously, Jax. yeah, they it used to be here literally right down the street at Atlantic Beach. Um, and objectively, I think Vic National is probably a better championship course. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like Foz turned up to a, a billion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Crazy, you know bunch of tee boxes and always in good shape and um just a hard course good test of golf i think yeah. so i think it's a good tournament course um but uh but yeah so i'm i'm curious there it seems like talking about the guys coming down from the big tour the 126 through 200 yeah i was going through this morning there's a lot of guys that are that are skipping columbus which surprises me like why which I guess maybe they've just, just been out. playing too much. Yeah, um, and they're trying to. But you, you figure know, they wouldn't have played anywhere last week. That's the thing. They, they should have a couple. You know, they've had a yeah. couple weeks to to kind of to kind of prep. Like Norin and Berger are both skipping. Hmm. Uh, there were, you know, a few guys. There's some talent in that bucket too. I mean, you got Norin and Berger. You got Ollie Schneiderjans. You got Peter Uline. Um, Victor Hovland just missed his card, as we know. Bo Hostler was blown away to see him lose his card um i know that's one that like to a man everybody you talk to is so impressed with his game i i think he's got that monty swing yeah he <laughs> i said <laughs> something about bo hostel he just reminds me of like a big golden retriever dog for some reason just like a big old dog you can just kind of play with roll around rough up a little um he he makes me laugh i i'm a big bo hostler fan Ever, ever, ever since he was one arm in his follow-throughs in the uh, NCAA championships. Well, and, and I'm not sure if it was a better 
golf performance or theatrical <laughs> exactly. performance. He he's had me ever since that moment. Um, Kevin Chapel's plan, which at first I thought was kind of scummy. I was like, because I, I guess DA points had played in the past, despite despite being fully exempt for you know thanks to a major medical or, or sorry thanks to a win. So there's a few yeah. guys like like Martin Trainer won. In I was gonna Puerto say Rico, that's the guy I and think he's of. playing or he he's not playing at least in Columbus. We'll see if he plays the other two. But DA points got lambasted a couple of years ago for not, <laughs> you know, not a, not a classy thing that's to do. DJ's boy, yeah, um, yeah, peak in Illinois. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, so you know, at first I was like, man, why is Chapel playing? But I guess Chapel's playing because his major medical he's got an extension because he won in 2017. Okay. So this was like the la- technically the last year, but he he got extended because of a major medical. But it, that major medical will run out probably around John Deere next year. Okay. So he's kind of trying to give himself a little bump. Yeah. Beyond that, um, and then you got a couple Euro Tour guys playing: David Lipsky, Justin Harding. I was gonna say Harding has he's been on a bunch of uh, major leaderboards. So I think they're kind of parlaying that um, mm-hmm. you know being able to get in the 125 and non-member or outside the 125 and non-member earnings there. Um, and then finally, like you, you've got all the guys coming back off the tour that were rookies and maybe didn't, you know, just couldn't get the priority straightened out or got their feet under them, but, but finished a little shy in, you know, in that bucket, you've got a, a Hank Lebiota, um, you've got a guys like Curtis Luck, yeah. the shrimp, Chase Wright, um, yeah, the I, shrimp. Do you have anything to say for that? I I think he's been an integral part of my FedEx Cup team. I I don't know where we would be without him. And, I got lambasted for and rightly so for not taking him. I think that that is, you know, panned out to be a good decision. <laughs> it might be technically a correct decision, but I don't know how you uh, sleep at night. It's crazy to see the the number of guys who are finished outside the top 125 who next year will be their last year of being exempt. Um, like they're, they're not playing corn Ferry finals because like Duffner Duffner finished 136, but he's still exempt as the 2017 Memorial tournament winner. Uh, so he gets three years for that. You've got um, Bill Haas finished outside the, the 140. He's not playing in the, in this week. Castro is not playing in this week. Um, Ted Potter Jr. He's exempt, so he's not playing. But he finished one forty seventh. Keimer, not exempt. He's yeah. he's also not entered into the tournament. Um, Zach Johnson finished one fifty fourth in the FedEx Cup this year. He next year will be his last year of being exempt. I think, or uh, as the Open Championship winner. Um, I feel like whenever Zach Johnson's exempt, like whenever his, he loses his status, they'll create like a J.J. Henry level exemption so. for him. That's probably so. Um, tough to see, you know, Jimmy Hardkay, he's on the shelf right now. It's part of a, I think he's on a, a little bit of a medical. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of guys that are like uh, Ernie Els, 182nd, obviously he's not playing. He's got the. Got the President's Cup coming out, coming up, but um, the ones that are really kind of SOL, I think, are the ones that finished outside the top 200, who had their tour card this past year, finished outside the top 200, and didn't play enough web events to get inside the top 75. Those are the guys that you're like, man, this is that's that's a tough tough deal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, so last um, kind of wrapping up. Corn Fairy thoughts. They haven't officially announced their 2020 schedule yet, but I know there's one event that you must have heard of in Portland that that really caught your interest. Well, there's one I had. I, was, I had lunch with the Corn Fairy Tour president Alex Baldwin. Really? Yeah. Um, I guess you guys are both in the C-suite. That makes sense. <laughs> she. Uh, uh, well, this one was announced a couple weeks ago. The, the, the Knoxville event is moving to Holston Hills, which is a little Donald Ross in Knoxville. Yeah. Uh, Scott Stallings' home course there, too. Oh, nice. Awesome course. Played, played there probably six or seven years ago. Um, that'll, that'll be a really good one. May try to get to that one next year. 
Uh, but she said there's some other stuff coming down the pike here. Um, and then the schedule will be out in mid-September. Okay. Um, and, you know, I think the last couple of years, they've seems like they've tightened it up a little bit. She said there's still going to be a couple wonky wonky stretches that, you know, like I, I, know, that, I know next year they're not going to do the Colorado to upstate New York to Utah thing mm-hmm. that was tough i think they're you know they're still trying to clean up some of that stuff like sure. the, the portland to columbus to boise thing was tough this year um like as it back to evansville and then back That's, to evansville yeah, yeah. um because it's tough because a lot of these caddies and players like a lot of these caddies drive Whew. um and then um but yeah so that'll be out in mid-september which seems earlier than they've had it out in years past um so, so we'll see and then yeah i'd like to get down to q school see what that's all about i think that you know just on it from the perspective of tension like i think yeah. it's probably only <laughs> ratcheted up even for farther. sure what probably, is that in november i think it's november december okay you know depending upon the stage it seems like second stage is kind of the probably the most nerve-wracking because i think if you get through to third stage you're at least you, you have some partial status yeah and you can you can play a little bit um you know as far as the first few events and then try to parlay that in so um, but yeah, kind of a wild, wild stretch in the Corn Ferry Tour and just pleased to be able to get out there and experience some of it. Well, I know you, you said and kind of leave people with this if, if they ever have an opportunity. Obviously, if you're local to Portland, um, I believe you called it your favorite sporting event. Uh, maybe not what, non-Wimbledon? Non-Wimbledon Masters Division. Okay. It was, people were fantastic. Like everybody I met out in Portland was awesome. Um, and then great course. It just it meant something, mm-hmm. you know. You could see everything up close. It was great. It was just some of the best golf viewing I've had this year. Yeah. So. Nice. And then, um, but yeah, you've had some some uh, recent <laughs> travels as well. So yeah, I was um, God talk about high stakes and you know captivating and whatnot. Uh, my brother-in-law, shout out uh, Eric Goodman. We got to play in this event at Forest Dunes in Northern Michigan. We were up there just on vacation and um, the the dates worked out. So we went down to Forest Dunes and, and played what they call the Duel. And it's on the loop course, which Tom Doak designed. It's a reversible course. Um, and so it's a 36 hole event in one day where you play the course one way before lunch, everybody has lunch, and then you play it the opposite way after lunch. Um, and it's a two man, you know, one best ball, I think 90% handicapped. It was just, you know, the <laughs> four students isn't paying me to say any of this. I, I paid my entry fee just like everybody else. It, it was an awesome event. It was just really first class. The biggest thing for me was, you know, I, I finally understood like what a reversible course is, right? It's like one of those things you hear about, but I, I just couldn't really like picture the dynamics of it and so obviously getting to play it both ways in the same day so that's um, the only time all year they they do that well they have they have like three event days okay but yeah it's the only time that you can ever do it in the same day because it's always they route it where it goes one direction and then the next day will be the opposite direction so if you want to play it both ways you got to play it over a two-day period um except for these special events were the two loops easily distinguishable like like are they are they very different are they do they Um, run together at all because it it runs together a little bit i i think that's definitely fair um i i think what ends up sticking out to me the most is the green complexes and how wild it is to approach them one way and then think about and then approach them from the opposite direction and just some of the banks and kickers and and pin positions because they left the pins in the same Same spot spot. okay so like you can imagine like you know coming one way into a pin and then it's like oh shit well how am i going to do this from the exact opposite direction um and what makes it cool is is the loop is is very much a link style course and so it's i was blown away by the condition it was firm and fast and the ground game was essential you know it's one of those things where like if you're trying to fly it pin high, you're, you're dead. Um, and honestly, it took me like six or seven holes to kind of get used to that where, you know, you're playing 150 yard shots, maybe 130 yards in the air. And 
you know, it, it had that, we've been fortunate to go to Scotland and Ireland and, you know, kind of get a feel for true links. And Solly always talks about that thump, right? He gets so excited that that links thump and God, you, you, it was there, man, in Northern Michigan. And you're like so far away from any ocean. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, the, the holes run together a little bit for that reason. Um, but, but the green complexes are where it's like, ah, oh, man, remember that green. And then you can kind of think about, well, I played it this way and, and then that way. Um, was one way or another markedly harder? Everybody says the, so it's a red route and a black route. And everybody said the black route is typically a couple shots harder. Uh, par's the same. Um, we played the red first. And I think because I was getting used to that style of golf, I actually shot better on the black. Um, so it'd be interesting. I, I think you'd really have to play each routing five to 10 times to, to get a true feel for, you know, which one you think is more difficult. Are like, I've, I've kind of know shockingly little about the course. I'd like, I've kind of, yeah. like, it's one of those things I just want to go experience it without doing a bunch of research prior. But as far as the holes go, are they like, when you play it one way on the black, are you going back and playing to that same green as like, are par four greens, par four greens, no matter what, par three greens, par three greens, no matter what, or is, or like on one loop, are you playing to a certain green that's a par five green and on the other one, it's a par three. That I would have to pull out the scorecard. I believe all the pars are the same. Okay. Yeah. So the, so the greens are kind of purpose built to accept that. Yeah. Style of shot. But somebody might check me on that. There might be one or two that's different, but I, I believe each hole plays as the same par, uh, in each direction. Now, the thing that helped finally seeing it that, that I couldn't quite process, you know, if you picture typical teeing areas and like tee boxes, those don't exist. So just picture like that fescue short grass. Um, and then they just find a flat spot near the green and they just stick a a marker. Mm -hmm. And the, the local rule is you get two club lengths to either direction of that marker. Oh, so it's so just a single marker. So there's only a single marker. I like that. Uh, yeah. So so that's why like you know playing at the ob- like you never see any like tee boxes, right? Any mode teeing areas. It, it's all just that it's, that fescue so rolling really contour grass. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So that helped me kind of understand okay, now okay, I can see how this works a little bit. Um So yeah, they just they just stake out the teeing areas in a flat spot, um, somewhat near the green, and and you go. And I know you won't brag on yourself, but you guys you guys played all right, huh? <laughs> we actually did play all right. Yeah, we, we ham and egged it uh, pretty well. We ended up finishing, I think there are 32 teams, and so they were awarded top four in both the gross and the net, and we got fourth in the net division. I, I think our, our net combined score was uh, – one one twenty nine, like eleven under. Damn. Yeah, we shot sixty two, sixty three, maybe or sixty. Or, I'm sorry, sixty six, sixty two. Maybe we were twelve under, one twenty eight. Um. In good bar for those that don't know, good bar. Good bar is picture like a mini John Daly swing, just like I've never seen anything like it. Just bounces the club off his back each takeaway. And he's uh, he's the fastest player I've ever yeah played with. Yeah. Like you can't talk on you can't you can't start a conversation or start a story on the previous green and expect to finish it before he tees off. Like he goes Correct. straight up and just yeah. just pegs it, no practice swings, no nothing. Yeah. Um one other aspect of the event that I loved is walking only. So you could either carry your bag, they had push carts if you wanted a push cart, or they had caddies. What'd you do? I did a push cart. We both did a push cart. Naturally. Yeah. But I did buy a, um, a yardage book. Uh, did you play the other course while you were up there? We did not. Um, so Forest Dunes has their original course, which was just Forest Dunes. Uh, I like that course. Is a Tom Weiskopf design. Yeah. It's just very pure. Just a Parkland, Northern Michigan golf course. Um, they're building... Actually, Keith Reb and Riley Johns are building a par three course that should open sometime next summer. They're building, they've put a lot of cabins on the grounds. 
Um, so you can, you know, you can stay there. It's kind of a remote location. There's not much around outside of the, the golf resort. Um, they have a putting course, but it's a, it's a great, you know, I'm, I'm so in love with that area of the country, but it's a great place to go for, you know, a guy's or or girl's uh, golfing trip for, you know, three, four days. You can have a ton of fun, play the loop both ways, play, you know, Forest Dunes, the other course a couple times and and you're good to go. Did you play anywhere else while you're up there? I played, yeah, I played. So I used to work at the Heather. So I got to, I got out and played with my old boss, Dave Trudell on the, uh, the Heather course at Boyne Highlands actually played that twice and then um we also went over to bay harbor another boyne uh boyne owned course which i i have mixed uh feelings about bay harbor the views are stunning it's a gorgeous piece of property i just think they could have built a better golf course on that property Did you play the, the kind of the cliffside one in the quarry we played the links and preserve we did not play the quarry okay. yeah they have three nines there um so yeah, got a little golf in up there. Nice. And uh a little family time. It was it was nice. Good stuff. Yeah. Do you want to tell people where you you mentioned you stopped in Nebraska? Yeah, I went Do to, they have any good golf courses there? It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we drove out um went out with uh David Margolis, friend from uh Winston Salem, met last year. Actually met met a couple years ago. He um he invited me out. We stopped. I flew to Denver. Um which that's kind of the for flying from Jack's. That's kind of the stopping off point if you want to go anywhere on the West Coast, it's yeah. like Denver or Houston, basically. Um, so I was flying through Denver anyway, so I figured, hey, might as well kind of make this into a bigger trip. Drove four hours west or east, um, which turned into about a six-hour drive because they were like, do not follow the GPS, like to okay. a, to a dismal river. We followed the GPS. <laughs> we ended up on some guy's ranch. We got boxed in by cows at one point. Um, it was wild. And then, yeah, so so played 18 at Dismal, played the dope course at Dismal. Really, really cool. Uh, Did my, anything fun happen? Shot my career a little around. <laughs> yeah, normally, you know, normally they say don't birdie the first hole. I eagled the first hole. Oh, my God. And then promptly, uh, and, you know, and I'm sure there's some chatter out there about people. People were kind of, kind of uh, roasting us for playing the Whites at uh, Harding Park in the finale of taurus sauce season three which like yeah you know i'm birdies suck man those are those are those are no fun to watch but played from the tips at dismal it was all the way back played from the plates um but uh but yeah really cool course just wild wild terrain i've never seen anything like it um you know all along the, the dismal river uh stayed there that night cool cabins and all that stuff and same deal paid paid my way like don't yeah. don't owe them anything um and then you know I'd, I'd heard mixed on the nicholas course there everybody said um it's fun the greens are just wild as hell um and then you know as far as the as far as the dope course it it, it kind of goes like the front nine goes up into this big kind of open area that used to be like a cattle grazing area and then it goes more down towards the river but uh but yeah i'd be lying if i you know i was two under I think I played the last the back nine shot one under on the back nine and like I was I was shitting myself down the stretch yeah and I can't imagine kept it between the rails so you knew exactly where you I mean you you yeah where you stood yeah like normally you know I think like I I hadn't played a whole lot there was no expectations going into the round Mm -hmm. but after about 10 or 11 holes I was like oh shit like all right let's do this let's buckle (laughs) down and do it um and then, yeah, and then we drove over to Sand Hills the following day and, and did that. And it was exceeded all the expectations and all the hype. And it's just the coolest, probably the coolest place I've ever played golf as far as just the, the totality of the experience. Let me ask you this. What, what's, the, what's the actual golf like? Is it, is it ground game? Is it through the air? What, how, what's, the, what's the land like in it's terms kind of, of hybrid, how the ball reacts? It's kind of a hybrid of both. Um, it's got like, like for your reference, like Cruden Bay. There's some, there's some of those elements there with the, kind of the way the land moves. Closest thing I'd seen to it, and I'm gonna, you know, see sweet this is, uh, <laughs> is uh, Shinnecock. Like the okay. way the fairway, like 10, 11. It's like 10 and 11 at Shinnecock, but for, for 18 holes. 
like just crazy fairway undulation and um you know there's some like imagine like eight at Dornick yeah or like you know 17 at Dornick some of those holes where you yeah. got some crazy things going on in the fairway greens were just absolutely dialed like accepted a good shot rejected a bad shot okay um I think they've gotten a little bit of or a lot of rain lately, so it was a little bit greener than they were accustomed to. We got a couple relatively calm days. They don't, there's no slope and there's no rating, and there's no handicaps on the scorecard. Hmm. So, like, if you're betting or if you're doing something that day, like, the starter will mark up your card for you based on that day's wind and that day's conditions. Do they have slope and rating? It just depends no. on the. So they never. They never. So they the, never the do starter it. will just tell you, well, this yeah. is probably going to play the hardest. Yeah. Second. And the starter just like stands, it's like in this, it, <laughs> it kind of looks like a penalty box from like a hockey rink. <laughs> and he's just like standing up there. He's got binoculars. You can see every, every hole in the entire course. Huh. Um, wild greens. I mean, they only moved, you know, a couple thousand square feet of or, or cubic feet of, of dirt to actually build the place um yeah it's just just you know like if there's a cowboy that grills launch up for you on the on the uh, deck um huh. the the dining options are awesome it's it's so rustic and modest mm-hmm. and just super refreshing and like you know, some of the only rules are like, take care of the golf course and don't be a dick, you know, which, yeah, yeah. um, you know, great staff met Mr. Young's cap, the, the guy who started the place the last night. And that was really cool. And then is his first name, Mr. Hey, Mr. Oh, okay. Dick. Okay. Dick Young's cap. <laughs> um, and then, uh, then yeah, went out to Oregon and played Zach and I played uh Friday night at a place, um, Rose city, which I recalls it rose shitty i guess out there. <laughs> uh but cool little spot oregon would be if you guys are looking for a strapped destination portland. or yeah or like portland would be awesome um and then i think we could do a whole tour of sauce just in oregon yeah itself not even going to other places in the pacific northwest yeah went out to the coast a little bit played Gearheart, um which is like the sister course to karn oh, nice. in ireland um They've done some cool stuff, taken out a bunch of trees, and then the uh, went to a little funky little eight or nine holer called Highlands, and uh, operated by the mayor of of Gearheart, huh. uh, Matt Brown, and then um, and then went to finally went to the last course Astoria, which was probably one of the wilder places I've ever played golf. It's like set in these dunes that they look like half pipes. Yeah. <laughs> So it's basically like a, it's like a big snowboarding half pipe. It looks like, um, and the holes kind of route in and out of them. Yeah. And, uh, and I guess Astoria was one of the biggest port cities on the West coast Then it burned down and you know, now it's only like 15 or 20,000 people live there, but probably an hour and 20 minutes Northwest of Portland. I was going to say all these are within a couple hours of Portland. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, so kind of take the tunnel out West and then from there, you know, there are another Pumpkin Ridge is probably 25, 30 minutes outside the city there. And then you go another 45 minutes um, and it, and you get out to Gearheart. And then just north of there are, are these other ones. But okay. cool area. Um, play with some great people. Um, you know, and just it's like a there's a good golf culture out there. Golf yeah. crazed town. And I can't wait to go back. Yeah. I So I've only been to Portland one time. It was like 2013. I went out for a long weekend and I was so in love with the place it's just for me it like checked every box what i was looking for in a city it, you know there's obviously you spoke to kind of the food and beverage scene and and um all the options that way but it you know you just look up and around i just remember it being so green and there's just a culture of you know outdoors and activities and people are active i, I think that's really cool yeah i, I filmed a bunch of stuff at gearheart the guy who whose family started and who, who runs Columbia Sportswear owns Gearheart. Oh yeah. So okay. he's put a bunch of money into it. And the head pro there, Jason was just couldn't have been more hospitable. It was an awesome place. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there, that, that sense of kind of well being, like conscientiousness kind of permeates mm-hmm. everything. Um, the only thing I was disappointed with was I didn't see any Antifa. Uh, I, I was going to ask if any of them were out at the event. <laughs> Just mixing None. it up. It's a very wholesome crowd out there. <laughs> so, 
um you know i don't i don't mean the golf scenes really their uh their deal but uh but yeah it was crazy like the number of people who reached out hey come play here come play here and it just sounded like there's so many cool accessible mm-hmm. you know public courses out there um east moreland was another place that like Chan- i guess chandler egan spent a lot of time in portland and did a bunch of stuff up there okay. so it sounds like he was kind of their their claim to fame is from an architecture perspective okay so um but yeah so well, cool. strap, strap Portland. At all some right. Point. We'll, we'll put that on the list. Yeah. Um, all right. What, uh, I, I think we're covered the full spectrum. Covered the You're full spectrum. You're going to the senior, here. the senior am. I'm going to, so, yeah, I'm going to drive up for the match play portion. I think I'm going to be there Tuesday through Thursday. So kind of around, a um, August 20, uh, the week of August 25th. Okay. Or the August twenty sixth, excuse me, is the Monday. I'm driving up to Pinehurst tomorrow just for a day and a half to see the AM. Oh yeah, a nice. little bit. Nice. So, um, and then we're all heading out to Portland next, or to uh, Denver next week for the the summit. For the summit. Yep. So if you if you haven't already, get your get your ticket to the peak party on Thursday night. If you're if you're in or around Denver, we've still got a few spots left for that live podcast with Tom Doak, live band, food trucks, local booze. Uh, contests, all sorts of stuff going on. So nice, yeah. Psyched about that. That will be. I think we're all looking forward to that. That'll be. That'll be very cool. But, so. uh, but yeah, Randy, we squeezed a lot into this one. I think we'll probably get a, a regular cadence of you and I just chopping it up here. This was great, man. We're yeah. just sitting on the couch, and uh, we can. Yeah, for sure, we can. We can repeat this going forward. Good so. stuff. All right, man. Cheers. Crack on. Favorite trapper, the absolute truth, yeah, no joke. Who